Cardinals Corner from Arizona Sports with Tyler Drake and Eric Ruby. Hello and welcome back into a quick edition of Cardinals Corner. Tyler Drake, Arizona Sports Cardinals reporter and myself, Eric Ruby, are here to take you through some of the biggest things from the offensive and defensive coordinator press conferences this week. Drew Petzing and Nick Rallis were introduced. Tyler, you were there. We've got five things to go through. Before we get into the five, is there anything from being there that you want to mention? Anything like, oh, this is a nice little nugget of information I can pass on? Uh, Well, you know, for me, I would say... One, you know, obviously the confidence that Gannon showed us for his introductory head coach press conference was exactly kind of what we got with him just with his coordinators. You could tell they meshed really well together. Uh, Obviously, you know, him and Nick Rollis being both defensive guys, you could see that right away, how they just really kind of almost filled their own filled the they, other they person's answer, sen- yeah they, sen- they answered sen- for sen- each sen- other yeah. and, and he did it a little bit with Petsing as well yeah but but yeah I think, they would answer the question and then Gannon would be like actually can I add on to that yeah. <laughs> which is not something I'm used to or really he would, hearing or he would look at uh even with like Nick Rollis he looked at him and goes what do I say about youth and like and mm-hmm. and Rollis knew exactly what he was talking about and I think just the other thing that is really different from the last regime is Gannon walks in, hyped up, clapping, let's go. We walked in five minutes early with uh, with, with Rallis. And then uh, with OC Petsing, he was late and made sure to let everybody know that he knew that they were late and was clapping. I know we're late. I'm sorry. We got to get our stuff together. We got to get this together. Like, here we go. Let's go. Let's get it done. That's funny. We uh, we are responsible over at Burns and Gambo. Mitch Feraldis and I was the producer. I'm afternoon contributor on Arizona Sports. We're responsible for cutting all of that. Yeah. Press conferences started at two the last couple of days. So we're in there cutting and... It was funny because they started early the mm-hmm. first day, and we're like, oh, man, we didn't get to record in time. Now we got to go back and find it. And the next day, it's like, ah, of course they're late. So it's funny that he that he's at least acknowledging that as well. He, yeah. he's, he seems self-aware, but also in his own world, which is maybe a good combination of I things. I think so. And, and it was funny because I was talking to a couple of the other reporters down there, and I was like, hey, don't be surprised if we're going to – this is the trend of, hey, if you're not five minutes early, you're late type of deal because that just kind of seems what Gannon is asking for. I feel like that kind of should be and it should be like yeah and I have no problem with that because you want to come talk to us early by all means come and talk to us early. It means that you get to be out there playing golf a little bit earlier. If he comes five minutes earlier, that means you get out there five minutes earlier, right? A couple more swings. Nah, I'm just kidding. This, this, <laughs> this man's grinding. He's too busy to play golf. What's but we golf? have we have five major things that we wanted to point out from the offensive and defensive coordinator hires. Not necessarily just the press conference, but just the hires in general. The first biggest overarching one that you even mentioned was brought up, Tyler, is age. Yeah. Rallis is the youngest coordinator in the NFL. Petsing don't got a lot of gray hairs on that head. No, in fact, he doesn't have a lot of hair lot on that head anyway. To begin with, yes. <laughs> so Monty Awesomefort was on with Bickley and Murata this week as a part of the Newsmakers Week, which all of those interviews on the Arizona Sports app. But he was asked about any concerns with the youth of the coaching staff. He like didn't even say, nah, youth isn't a problem. What we focused on is adding the right type of coaches and the right type of people to this organization, and that's going to extend through all levels. It's a quick one, but Tyler, do you feel that? I mean, talking to these guys, asking them questions, seeing them answer, I guess more specifically with Rallis, Mm -hmm. but also with Petsing and Gannon, that youth, while they are young, isn't why they're here? Yeah, it's, well, and and I don't want to butcher this quote but i believe it was experience is not synonymous with knowledge correct that is what uh gannon and rollis both talked about during 
Rollis' introductory press conference, and I think that does mean something. Obviously, when you look at the track records, these guys, the coordinators, first-time jobs, being in this role, Gannon, first-time job being in his role, a lot of the guys that are getting reported or being hired are on the younger side, outside of, you know, I think Ben Steele, who is a reported hire, and uh, Jeff Rogers, who is coming back. I think those guys are in their 40s. But outside of that, it's it's a lot of young guys. It's a lot of 30s. You know, Rollis, 29, by far the, the youngest guy as a defensive coordinator. So for me, you know, obviously it's a lot of talking right now. We can't see what the X's and O's are going to be yet. But from what everything is being, what, from what is being said, you can see that there is a vision. There's a mold that they want to fit and it seems, or that they want to get to. And it seems like they're all you know, cohesively coming together at that point, at least getting that vision down of what they want moving forward. And yeah, I think when you look at that, as as long as everybody's on board and, and really working towards that ultimate goal of putting wins on the board, I don't think it really matters if you can produce the way that this team wants to produce. The Cardinals appear to actually have direction yeah. right now. And that's good. That's a great thing. It's great. It's 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 what they need mm-hmm. is direction. Now, is this the right direction? I don't. This won't come as a surprise. Being younger myself, I have no problem with yeah. with younger people getting put in these situations where they have responsibility, because a lot of younger people can think older, and that's what came to my mind when I heard Rallis's answer. This is point number two. So number one is that they're young. For Rallis specifically, one of the five things you need to know is that yeah, he has energy, but that's not the end of it. Pride myself on bringing energy and enthusiasm, and just love for the job and the sport every day. But, you know, one thing that I always strive to be and that I expect from my staff defensively is to be highly emotionally intelligent. Ultimately, being in a state of mind where you are optimal to solve problems. And that is not the same thing as being energetic. I loved that. Yeah, I did too. Because I think you're going to be put into this label when you are young and you have energy Mm -hmm. of being non-controlled out there doing whatever. But if you're going to go out there and address it, and you can tell by his answers, too, he means business. Yeah. And he talks like he's older. He acts like he's older. But he has that youth infusion to where when you marry those things together, it could go really well. Mm -hmm. And he mentioned that there were other opportunities out there. Not that there was concrete jobs offered. But, I mean, you have to imagine that this guy was a hot name on the market. Maybe not for D.C., but to be a coach for any of the teams in the NFL. Exactly. And you you just got to look at the up-and-comer type of view that I think the NFL is taking now of, hey, we need to bring in guys that are younger, get them really integrated with the system, and grow them through there. And I think that's really what they're trying to do, especially with Rawlis. I mean, he's younger than I am. I'm 30. He's 29. That's crazy to even think about that a coordinator is... But Still I would in his tr- 20s. But, but I would trust you, you know, obviously not to be the defensive coordinator of the yeah. Cardinals, but I would trust you to be in a very important position making important decisions. And I think and I think for me is with the age factor and all that, you've got to think you know the the older people are looking at these younger guys like you said and probably saying, "Oh, it's here we go. Let's see let's see how long this guy goes until he fizzles out." And Oh, I'm I sure think, so many people are writing them off. And it almost makes you it almost makes it like Rollis is going to grind even harder now to to really not have those things come up. Obviously, they're going to come up every now and then. You know, something goes wrong, maybe it'll pop up. Hey, he's probably not right for that job, but I think he's going to grind more than maybe somebody that's a little more established that's coming in and taking over. And I think something that you also mentioned when we had you on, uh, Jeremy Schnell and I filled in for Bickley Murata in the mornings on President's Day this Monday, and we had you on, 
And basically, our idea of Rallis is not that he's going to be like a puppet of Gannon's, mm-hmm. but more just since he's younger, since he's not been a DC before and he hasn't called plays before, even though uh, Gannon said he will call the defense. Yep, yep, you will. Having somebody there instead of maybe a Vance Joseph who is more established, been around, been a head coach, been a defensive coordinator for years, mm-hmm. or any other, I don't know, 40, 50, 60 year old defensive coordinator that is maybe stuck in their ways, yep. maybe not willing to listen to somebody like Jonathan Gannon. Mm-hmm. And so I don't think he picked Nick Rallis to have him under his thumb, but I do think that it plays into it to where when you have these two young guys, Rallis is still going to lean on Gannon. Gannon's oh, yeah. still going to lean on Rallis, and neither of these guys are dumb or inexperienced when it comes to football. Mm-hmm. None of them were bad head coaches at Texas Tech. And then get a head coach. No, I, I'm serious. I know. I know. I'm serious. Like that, that is a that is a really big deal. Yeah, that's a really big deal here. And I think that when you see on the field how these guys handle themselves and the direction that they take, I'm pretty confident it's going to take seeing it on the field to be out there and say, okay, they're going to actually turn this franchise around. But I'm confident that they're making the right decisions right now. I think they're picking the right guys for the yeah, job. And I think it really comes down to how do they interact with each other, with players, and just can they gel? And I think right away, we all saw that in the uh, in the media room, is this guy, both of the coordinators, can really gel with Gannon. And that's really what you want for these first-year guys, is making sure everyone's on the same page and then taking the step forward of, all right, let's get into the details of all of this. I mean, everybody's almost a first year, despite a couple coaches that are going to be staying around. You've got Monty Ford, the GM. He's new. You have Jonathan Gannon, the head coach. He's new. Drew Petzing, the offensive coordinator. He's new. Nick Rallis, defensive mm-hmm. coordinator. He's new. Mm-hmm. All of these other line coaches, everything. All Wide new. receivers coach is going to be all new. new. Mm-hmm. The, the Arizona Cardinals have a fresh coat of paint yeah. on them. And they pick the same color for everything. <laughs> so it's consistent all around. And, and you know what? If that fails, I'm a lot more comfortable with that failing than yeah. if they were to say, okay, we're going to get the young head coach and then the old offensive coordinator and then a young defensive coordinator. And then, I mean, not that I would turn my nose at Mike Zimmer being put on the staff. I think that would be great. But it, like, if Zimmer was the defensive coordinator and then there was a really young offensive coordinator and it just felt like everything was a little bit off, that would throw me off. Mm-hmm. But like you said, it appears everybody's on the same page. So we talked Rallis for the second point. On the third point, I want to go to Petzing. This isn't a quote from Petzing. It's from Gannon. But it's on Petzing's uh, situation with the Browns. Yeah. Having Jacoby Brissett start and then mm-hmm. Deshaun Watson come in later in the season. Obviously, for different reasons, this season the Cardinals are looking to have, at minimum, two quarterbacks. So here's what Gannon had to say about Petzing already dealing with a situation like that. It's been great for Kyler to hear that too. Ultimately though you got to get down get in with the staff and the players because everybody's different and see what fits for us. But the experience that he went through with that in Cleveland this year definitely was a positive. And I don't want to get too short-sighted because hopefully the main reason Petzing was brought in was not because of a situation that will happen for the first half of his first season here. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, the first part of the answer is it's great for Kyler to hear it. I mean, easing his mind, letting him understand, hey, we got you. Mm -hmm. Like, we're good. I think that's important. Yeah, yeah, I do too. And I think it was just, I think the fact of, for me, just as a huge overarching word to describe that press conference was adaptability. I think that was the biggest thing taken away from Petsing for me is just he knows how to adapt. We saw that last year with Cleveland. You know, he took over Jacoby Brissett as a QB's coach and really Brissett turned in one of his best seasons. If he would have got a full season, 
there could have been a potential where that is his career year. And so, you know, you bring in Deshaun, obviously all He could that. have made the freaking Pro Bowl, man. That's, that's, like, seriously, yeah. he could have made the freaking Pro Bowl. And that's and for, you know, no knocks on Jacoby Brissett, but, I mean, to that's turn insane. that around and, and actually, you know, have a competent passing game moving forward, and yeah, obviously Deshaun came in and did what he did, but I think looking at the Brissett kind of line of work and what Petsing did with them is it was incredible, and I think Brissett needs to be considered as a free agent potentially to come here he only really feels like the name right now honestly I mean I know we mentioned him a couple weeks ago when the Petsing stuff first kind of got out there we talked about Jacoby Brissett being a stopgap quarterback now it feels like everybody and their mother is saying it because it's an obvious connection Mm -hmm. the Browns guy who just coached a stopgap quarterback is coming to the Cardinals who need one and I think it's just and on top of having to learn the adaptability and everything else you know Petsing really got to look at hey of a more mobile quarterback maybe not as mobile as Kyler is but Brissett is, you know, he can move. So I think that also helps into what he wants to try to run here. And, you know, Brissett would be a decent option to kind of see how things work before Kyler gets in there and takes over. Yeah, I I mean, he'll certainly give you more of a Kyler Murray experience to a certain extent than Colt McCoy. And you also have to take Colt think about his injury because that came out, too, of how he's dealing with something. He had a minor procedure this uh, offseason and he's going to be limited this the rest of the offseason, it sounds like, from owner Michael Bidwell on the Dave Pash pod. So that's going to be something to watch. Well, you saw him in a cast and at, I did, at yeah. a Super Bowl. At Meteor, I think- along Meteor Row. He was walking through and he had a cast on his, on his wrist. And, you know, I did ask Gannon yesterday about what was going on with Colt. And he said, you know, minor procedures should be good. He's not concerned. He tried to play me one-on-one in basketball. So that, Okay, that was funny. That I, was hilarious. That was funny. And I, Kyler also is trying to play him one-on-one I'm in basketball. I'm trying to play him one-on-one in basketball. I, I think, yeah. He, I think he said he could fun. dunk. I yeah maybe he could I don't know if he still could so so that all of that kind of put together I think is something why I'm getting on that Brissett train a little bit just because hey if you want to build your offense around a guy that you could kind of transition over to Kyler I think Brissett would be an awesome option I mean we saw the difference in styles of play when Colt McCoy and Kyler were out there last season yeah just completely different ways that the offense ran under both of them mm-hmm. so if you're trying to say hey I want to make Kyler Murray the most comfortable as he possibly can. I want to plug and play him when he's healthy. Right. I want him to be able to sit on the sideline and watch and imagine himself out exactly. there, not imagine himself being 30-something-year-old Colt McCoy standing in the pocket because that's not Kyler Murray. Yeah, and just because you're on the sideline doesn't mean you can't learn from what's going on on the field. And, I would really hope. I would really hope he that last year. I mean, he said he learned a lot from picking uh, picking up stuff when Kyler was out there, and when he took over, he used that to his advantage, which yeah. obviously didn't really pan out as well. But right. still, you know, he took some something away from not playing. So well, Kyler has to take that on himself to really build in that area. Absolutely. While we're on the topic, Bidwell was on the Pash Pod. He gave that update on Colt McCoy. said he, they're probably going to need a quarterback for OTAs to help them get through there. And he said this about Kyler Murray's rehab. Ahead of schedule, and he is in here every day. It's been great being able to stop by and see him, and he's fired up. And I know that he and JG have already kicked off a great relationship. It really feels like everybody, from Bidwell, Gannon, Petzing. Talking up Kyler? Yeah. Yeah. And how he's attacking the rehab. Mm-hmm. I know some people might be sick of it. Mm-hmm. Some people might not think it's genuine. Mm-hmm. I don't care. Mm-hmm. Because Kyler Murray is obviously a tricky person to deal with. Not a bad thing. Not a good thing. That's what most star quarterbacks are. Yeah. It's tricky to deal with. I mean, would you rather be dealing with Aaron Rodgers right now? 
in a darkness retreat? Nope. nope. Uh, <laughs> but 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 seriously, some people oh they're talking about Kyler being an elite quarterback. You don't need to build him up. You need to break him down. No. He's their franchise quarterback. No, you don't. No, you we don't. know that. Everybody knows that. The media spends twelve hours a day breaking him down. Yes. You know? Like this this man is under a microscope and he's human. He's a human being. And I think out of all of this, we're getting that he is in Arizona getting work done. Yeah, I mean, that is true. And that might also be a reason why they keep bringing yep. it up is to remind people yep. that Kyler Murray is here. I mean, Gannon even said uh, Tuesday, he said he was leaving the facility at like 9 p.m. And as he was walking out, he saw a really nice car. And whose car was it? It was Kyler Murray. What was he doing? Getting rehab in at 9 o'clock at night. I mean, I would honestly like it's a good thing. It's yeah. way better than if he wasn't. I yeah. would hope. I don't know, man. If I, if I did that to my knee and I was a professional quarterback. I would I would probably be there late at night too. But yeah, I'm, but you got you got to give him credit it. for he's it. Still doing yep, it exactly, and and for Gannon to see that, and for I think Murray to show that he wants to do that is a huge step forward in just their chemistry right away. Yeah, and we'll we'll have more to talk about Murray uh, off season rehab. We might even dedicate an episode to it or something just to kind of go through it once we get later and closer to the season and have a better understanding an understanding of his timeline. Back to the five points. First one was that they're young. Second one is the control over energy for Alice. Third mm-hmm. one is that Petsing has dealt with a two QB situation before. Yep. Sticking with Petsing just to go from one to two. He was a tight ends coach before yeah. he was a quarterbacks coach mm-hmm. and had a great trio of tight end success while he was coaching them. Mm-hmm. I look at that now, not only for Trey McBride, who is the future of the position for the Cardinals, but Zach Ertz, yeah. who still is recovering from an injury, but is very much on and a part of this Cardinals team. Yeah, you've got, and I think you've got to really like that aspect of, hey, you know, quarterbacks coach last year. Uh, you know, OC now, but yeah, he's got that emphasis with the tight ends that I think could really help this team with getting Trey to take that next step. I think just, I think the blocking's getting there, but he still needs to, you know, really show that he can go in and be a pass catching tight end day in and day out. And yeah, and then with Ertz, it's just about getting him healthy. And I think as soon as they plug him back in, I, you know, whatever happens with Hopkins. Ertz could very He's well a be a safety blanket. He could very well be the number one wide receiver for this team. Yeah. Like, I mean, very easily. It's like a Travis Kelsey type deal. Like, he could mm-hmm. very well just lead the way, and then you just have to fill around him. I mean, you're right. I don't know if you'd be a good football team if that happens, but you're right. He he could he could do it. Yeah. And I, I think it'll be on him. Hollywood Brown, of course. That's gonna be a really big storyline about, you know, his extension and if they are gonna give him one. And if they don't, how is he gonna play? But mm-hmm. having Zach Ertz for uh, Jacob, let's just let's just say it's Jacoby Brissett. Yeah. Okay. Having a Zach Ertz for Jacoby Brissett just means that it's going to be a lot more stomachable for those yeah. first couple of weeks. Yeah. And if he's ahead of schedule, if Kyler's ahead of schedule, and he sees Zach Ertz out there cooking, Trey McBride out there cooking, Hollywood Brown out there cooking, James Conner out there cooking, I'm going to be like, all right, I see the pieces, mm-hmm. I see how everything is working. And we'll go from there. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. I think that tight ends is not a forgotten part of this team, obviously, but it is one that kind of gets swept under the rug when it talks about development and growth, especially with Trey McBride. And I think if you have the type of caliber of tight ends that you have, you've got to utilize them. You can't just sit there like, oh, yeah, we've got these two guys if we need something. No, no. Like, you've got to make sure these guys are integrated in your system. Especially if you trade start. DeAndre Hopkins. Exactly. Whole other whole other Can't story lose. we don't have time to get into now. Final point, going back to Rallis. Linebackers coach. Yep. Who benefits the most from his prior experiencing coaching the hell out of the linebacker mm-hmm. core in Philadelphia? Mm-hmm. I mean, coaching, coaching them. Yeah. Uh, you know, that's 
that's going to be something to watch for sure. You know, obviously, Zayvon Collins, Isaiah Simmons come to mind if we want to consider Isaiah Simmons a linebacker, starbacker, whatever you want to call him. But I would figure he's going to fit back in that linebacker role type deal, just throwing it out there. But who knows? Uh, adaptability is one of their four points. So that just that just screams that I feel like Isaiah is going to be moved around a little you know, bit. I, I'm. I'm almost starting to come around on that, which is kind of ironic for mm-hmm. me because I was very staunch okay. against it. And okay. The, the reason why, hypothetically, I might, putting a lot of qualifiers here, hypothetically, <laughs> I might be turning around on, oh, yeah, you can move Simmons, blah, 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 all over, is because I feel like when it was done before, while he was moving around, his situations when he was moving around were not clearly defined into what he has to do. Yeah. If he knows for a fact and is comfortable with producing at multiple different positions because they have been defined well for him through this new coaching staff, I think he has the talent to do it. Yeah. I just didn't think the situation was right. Personally, I'd still stay away from it, but I'm well, a you, lot more easy with it now okay. than I was a year ago. Well, and you also have to look and see what else is going on with the team because I felt like a lot of the times last year he was getting thrown in and go, hey, go play safety, go play corner. Because go cover the, uh, Travis Kelsey. Because there was nobody else that could do it. Yeah. So you build that defense up right, which seems like that's, I mean, that's got to be a huge focal point is you can build up that defense almost like a Niners, like we've talked about before. You do something like the Niners do where you have a huge, that defense takes that step. You just have to plug somebody in an offense. You can roll. And I think that's kind of what they need to do to take a little bit of that pressure off of Kyler and can really jumpstart things. But yeah, you know, linebackers is going to be huge. And I think Rollis is really going to, I think he's going to be able to connect with the guys really well. All right. Recapping the five things that we just covered, the top five for the new offensive and defensive coordinators for the Cardinals, Nick Rallis and Drew Petzing. Number one is the youth movement. Whether you like it or not, it's happening. Get ready for it and embrace it. Yep. Number two is that despite being young, Rallis has control over his energy. That's huge. Yep. Number three, Cardinals are dealing with a 2QB situation this year with Kyler Murray being out. Their current offensive coordinator went through a similar one last year with the Browns and Jacoby Brissett and Deshaun Watson. Sticking with Petsing, he also, before he was a QB's coach, was a tight end's coach. Cardinals could very much use that this season. Mm-hmm. And finally, going back to Rallis, he was a linebacker's coach, a position with a lot of intrigue. For the Arizona Cardinals. Those are five things you need to know. And if you want to know everything else, I would highly, highly recommend checking out Tyler Drake's work on Twitter at TDrake4Sports on the Arizona Sports app, ArizonaSports.com. He's literally got everything for you. If you are a Cardinals (laughs) fan who is fiending for every last drop of Cardinals content at T Drake, the number four sports on Twitter and on the Arizona Sports app. You can follow myself at Eric Ruby. Hear me Monday through Friday from 1230 to 530 every 30 minutes on Arizona Sports and 98.7. And of course, you can listen to Cardinals Corner at AZ Cards Corner on Twitter. Give us a five star review. Subscribe wherever you're listening to us. I know you want to do it. And the only reason you haven't is because you don't know how. (laughs) Go to the feed. You're on right now, and scroll down. There should be some rate, review, all of that. There should be a big old button that says subscribe. Click that. I know you want to. Until then, enjoy football. <laughs>